lots of funny news, some good news, and some unexpected news, all discussed here on today's episode of the show. I'm Josiah Everton, and this is The Glorious Rescue. Aren't you tired of feeling forced to choose between staying informed and being indoctrinated? Listen to the condensed news cycle without the lies, agendas, and confusion from the mainstream media, all while engaging in deeper discussions about the principles that have influenced our great nation. This is what rescuing America looks like. This is The Glorious Rescue. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to The Glorious Rescue. It is another Tuesday, which means another episode of The Glorious Rescue. Remember, every Tuesday and Friday, we drop new episodes. Yes, you can see that I'm wearing a mask. Unless you are listening on the audio platforms, you might just be able to tell that this is a muffled sound. But if you're watching over on the YouTube channel, you can tell I'm wearing a mask. And that is because, simply for one reason, I'm about to take it off, but it's to commemorate a special group of individuals. What is that group of individuals, you may ask? It's the group of individuals who wear their masks when they're alone in their car. <clears throat> if I'm being honest, well, everyone has a preference when it comes to masks. Some people are the anti-maskers, and the anti-maskers who do not listen at all. You could call them the Karens, the ones who go to the store and refuse to wear it. They're the ones all over YouTube, all over the internet, basically, defying the orders, getting kicked out of stores and whatnot. Then you got the people who are the anti-maskers who aren't really supporting it, don't really go for it, but who still wear it in stores because, you know, they want to go grocery shopping and still walk around town and all that because it's basically mandatory everywhere. So you got that group. And then you got the group who, and, and it's okay, whatever group you may fall into, I'm not here to discuss it. You may be the, the group who totally go for it at all times, whenever you can, but there's that special group of individuals, that special group that I don't understand, I can't justify. And if you're one of those people listening, you do you. But those group of individuals who you pull up next to them on a traffic stoplight, they're by themselves, in their cars, wearing their mask, maybe even wearing gloves. To all of you, thank you, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what to say at this point, but you do you. So this episode is specifically dedicated to those individuals. And like I mentioned, we have some interesting news to start off with today's episode. That being Joe Biden, Kamala Harris winning the nomination for the Times Person of the Year Award or whatnot. Yes, you're, you heard me right. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, they won Persons of the Year by Time Magazine. You say, Josiah, how in the world is that possible? How could someone who sniffs kids, how could someone who calls this his sister the love of his life, Okay, does Joe Biden have a brother? I'm lucky I have two younger brothers. I'm the oldest of three, and I've got a sister who's the love of my life. How could someone who say that poor kids are just as talented as white kids? Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. How could someone who has a hard time pronouncing everything be nominated by Time Magazine, the person of the year? Let me be very frank, very honest with all of you. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea how that individual, Joe Biden, or even Kamala Harris for that matter, won Person of the Year by Time Magazine. There was lots of backlash for this, and rightfully so. Some of the backlash is quite interesting, a little bit more humorous. For instance, one journalist said, odd, feels like it should have been the healthcare workers and the scientists behind the vaccine. Possibly. Another one said, scientists who develop vaccines in record-shattering time, frontline workers who risked their lives during COVID. This is such a ridiculous US-centric choice. Here's this one. Ha ha. On the, credibility, on the credibility scale, this is right up there with Obama's phony peace prize. Time Magazine is a laughingstock. 
Here's another one. Time doesn't care about you, the people. It's all about them. It's all about their circles in D.C., L.A., and New York. It's all partisanship for them. Cloaked in unity and equality, they have nothing but venom for people who aren't Democrats or on the side of the mob. Here's another one. With all due respect, Biden spent much of, of the time in a basement and won what was a referendum on the other guy. Harris was even less visible as a VP nominee after badly losing the primary. It clearly should have been healthcare workers or those working on the COVID vaccine. Here's another one. How are you going to give this to politicians who haven't taken office yet in a year, when doctors risk their lives on a mass scale and vaccine researchers triumph with unprecedented speed? The cult of the presidency uh, wrote about so well is alive and forever. Yeah, it goes on and on and on. Here's another one. With respect to these politicians, I would have voted for healthcare workers and other essential workers who have sacrificed greatly to keep us all safe. These are true reports. These are proper reviews. It's basically a laughing stock. It's partisanship. It's just for their own patting, patting their own backs. That's what it is. It's not a legitimate award. The person of the year does not go to Joe Biden. It definitely does not go to Kamal Harris. Okay. So now that I mentioned the, that item, I just wanted to kind of start off that episode, this episode here for, for all of you with that little bit of information, but now we're going to start moving into some of the stories. First of all, starting with some positive information. And before I do, I just want to briefly recommend to all of you and encourage all of you to continue to subscribe, whether you're listening on the audio platform, Spotify, uh, iTunes and all that, you can hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on YouTube, definitely hit that subscribe button to be notified, the bell notification as well. When we have new episodes released every Tuesday and Friday, you say to yourself, how am I supposed to remember Tuesdays and Fridays, a little bit of a random day? Well, if you hit that subscribe button, you don't have to worry about it at all. So we're going to move right on into that good news that I mentioned, that positive news. First and foremost, being another peace deal in the Middle East. Trump has had substantial and unprecedented success in the Middle East. Not only moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, first and foremost, and the actual, yes, there was a little bit of a political outcry in the first place, but really the outcry came from the mainstream media, not even from the Middle East. So after, the, after he did that, he was able to secure several peace deals, peace deals with several countries, I should say, in the Middle East, three to be exact. He did so, I can pull up the exact states or the exact countries, I should say, but today, or not today, but this past week, he did secure another one being Morocco. Morocco is an, another historic breakthrough. And that's what Trump called it. He said another historic breakthrough. Trump is exactly right. So what have these peace deals consisted of? What countries? First of all, he did so with Sudan, then Bahrain, and then the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, the fourth one now being Morocco. This is historic. This is unprecedented. This is very good for the Middle East. This is very good for Trump and foreign affairs and really America on and in Israel primarily on the national or the international scale. So the Trump administration has secured peace deals between Israel and four other Middle Eastern nations. Again, like I said, Sudan, Sudan, Bahrain, UAE, and Morocco. Like I said, unprecedented, very, very good news coming out of the Middle East. Another one is the vaccine. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in the episode, something that is very important. But this is good as far as precedents being set for the United States healthcare system. If you know, it's very backlogged. The FDA takes way too long to put their stamp of approval on whether it be surgeries, procedures, medicine, all these different items. The FDA takes substantially too long. That's why many people on, and they have too many restrictions. That's why you have many scenarios of people doing last ditch operations and having to go to different countries, foreign countries to have these last-ditch effort operations performed on them. So that is because the FDA 
kind of has too harsh of restrictions, takes too long to validate certain procedures in medicine. Well, Trump pushed this vaccine through. You could call this a good thing, a bad thing. I think it's a good thing in the sense of, I'm not going to put my stamp of approval on the vaccine and put that out there. But what I will say is it is record-breaking time for a vaccine to be pushed. People are saying that that should bring up concerns, but that really wouldn't be a concern as far as the Trump administration, people calling out the Trump administration, but a concern in regards to the FDA. Why is the FDA pushing this faster when in, in, in normal time, they normally take several years to put their stamp of approval on a vaccine? That's more so a discussion for the FDA more so of a critique of the FDA, not the Trump administration. As far as the Trump administration and the executive side of it goes, this is very good for him to be able to push through the FDA very quickly. Certain types of medicines, certain types of procedures, this is a good precedent to set because in my opinion, the FDA is too backlogged, takes too long, experimental medicine, etc. So the important thing to take away was the media response months, a couple months ago when Trump said it's possible for a vaccine to come out by the end of 2020. Because this is the humorous side. The humorous side being the media berated him, said it was ridiculous. Medical professionals coming out and saying that's absolutely absurd for a president to claim we'll have a vaccine by the end of the year. We have a vaccine by the end of the year. So NBC, CNN, you can look at virtually every single mainstream media outlet, CNBC, this is no surprise, saying medical professionals, of course, citing medical experts saying this is virtually impossible. Trump coming out and contradicting the CDC because we know the CDC is the bastion of, of true medical advice and whatnot. This is virtually impossible. They're all saying it's virtually impossible. Why is Trump doing this and giving us false hope? Well, it's coming to the end of 2020, December, mid-December which is the end of 2020, and a vaccine is being manufactured. More on that in a little bit, but just remember that. Remember that when the mainstream media says they're completely objective, when they they lack bias whatsoever. They have no political prejudice at all. Everyone has a political prejudice. Remember that when you're listening to your news consumption. And now we're going to move on to a brief update on the election, which will not be categorized in the good news section, but just categorized as we move forward into some unexpected news, and that is the Supreme Court deciding that they will not hear the Texas lawsuit. If you remember in our last episode, we discussed that, that Texas lawsuit where many, many states had joined on a dozen, at least a dozen moving upwards into the 18 state, I think it was 18 state range that signed on to this lawsuit. These lawsuits going against four of the swing states, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, I believe were the four, basically saying they changed their rules in the middle of the game and they're not allowed to do that. The Supreme Court decided that they were not going to hear that, basically on a lack of standing. I think it was the idea of the states, uh, it was under a certain article in the Constitution where, where it outlines states suing states, and the argument that the Supreme Court held was that the state of Texas doesn't really have a standing or has no interest in, in filing this lawsuit. I guess I could see it. It is more so realistic in the sense of States really only sue states when it's an actual state against state dispute. And so the idea was that Texas doesn't have an interest. It doesn't really affect Texas. And so for that reason, Texas has a political interest in filing this lawsuit and not necessarily an issue with the states themselves. I can kind of see it. I want to say Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas were the two justices who've said that they that they vocally came out and said that the case needed to be heard. I can see it both ways. This isn't something to get upset about. The date or the day, I should say, that this episode is being recorded, obviously it comes out the next day. The electors are casting their votes. The electoral votes are being cast. 
so more on that. It is a shame that now the episode is going to be released on Tuesday and it's not really going to be discussed on today's episode, the electors and the electoral votes being cast. It will be on Friday's episode. As we continue to get more of that information, we'll continue to air it. But for now, we're going to move right along and not really discuss more of that, but give you more of an update in future episodes as we discuss more of some unexpected news. Well, I don't know if I should say unexpected. I, I really should say interesting news. I don't want to say unexpected because I kind of expected it, but some of it's quite interesting. The conspiracy theorists are not conspiracy theorists at all. In fact, they're not even theorists. At this point, it's not like it's consp it's not not conspiracy theory to the point where it's just theories. They're not even conspiracy theories in the sense that they're not even theories. They're just factual information now. When I used to not want to call myself a conspiracy theorist, I, I still don't call myself a conspiracy theorist. Now the things that we thought were those conspiracies, the things we thought were those theories, are coming to fruition. I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but it gets worse, guys. It gets substantially worse. We're going to talk about some of the connections that you might not be hearing on mainstream outlets. You definitely aren't hearing on mainstream outlets. You probably aren't even hearing a lot of times on conservative outlets or outlets that really try to bring you that on a, that completely objective, unbiased perspective. Some things that you kind of have to dig a little bit deeper to find. So that's why you should be recommending The Glorious Rescue because we're giving you that inside scoop. Maybe it's not an inside scoop, but it's a little bit of a deeper scoop. Weird analogy there. Nevertheless, some Chinese Communist Party members embedded in Western companies and governments. That's the headline here from a Wall Street Journal article. So I guess I won't say it's not by mainstream media. But there was an unprecedented major leak of official records. A register, a registrar of 1.95, almost 2 million members of the Chinese Communist Party found in Western countries, United Kingdom, United States, Australia, these Western companies, Western governments, it's crazy. The list is insane. The list is huge. And the list is scary. What is so unprecedented about this? First of all, when I say this and I start listing companies and whatnot, this does not necessarily mean that these members of the Chinese Communist Party are acting in regards to espionage. They're not spying on these companies. So again, this does not mean that these governments, these companies are infiltrated by spies on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party or spies of the Chinese government. It does mean, though, that all of these individuals have sworn this oath to, throughout their entire lives, support communism, fight for communism, and never betray the party. Part of this oath, just part of it, to all my listeners, not even the entire thing, part of it says, quote, to guard party secrets, be loyal to the party, work hard, fight for communism throughout my life, and never betray the party. What does this include? Well, it includes 150 politicians, I think it was, 150 politicians, 600 party members across 19 branches in British banks. We're talking banks. We're talking 150 legislators across the United States, across not, not 150 legislators in the United States, but across the United States, across Australia, all of these 150 legislators who have sworn this oath. And the most interesting one to me, members of Pfizer. Pfizer is the one who just recently got the vaccine as of a couple, day, a couple days ago. A couple days ago, the FDA approved the Pfizer vaccine. AstraZeneca was also working on the vaccine. So what does this mean? This means that within Pfizer, the company who is now going to be distributing thousands and tens of thousands, probably millions of doses, and has been approved by the FDA, is on this list. This list meaning that Pfizer has members within the company that have sworn this oath that have been, have been found on this list as being members of the Chinese Communist Party and swearing an oath to it. Again, doesn't mean that they have infiltrated it and on this large scale have are dedicated to this task of, you know, 
wiping out parts of population, all that, all that kind of thing. I'm not giving this large conspiracy theory. What it does mean though, again, is that there are members inside of Pfizer, the company who is now coming up with all of these doses for the vaccines, members inside of that company have sworn this out to the Chinese Communist Party. More on that at a later time, but that's the gist of it. As we know more, I'm going to continue to update all of you. Scary stuff, interesting stuff, but definitely, definitely unsettling information that we know this and is this a dig at the Chinese Communist Party? Absolutely. <laughs> the Chinese Communist Party is one of the worst political agendas, one of the worst political parties in the history of the world. I mean, I'm talking about from enslaving their own citizens, from wiping out some of their citizens. Obviously, we know it, it really goes back to the Korean War, the Vietnam War, all of that. And definitely now the encroachments upon Hong Kong citizens and enslaving them or at least removing their freedoms, stripping away their freedoms as Hong Kong citizens one of the worst political parties. And now we know that approximately 2 million of them are across the entire world in governments, banks, and now Pfizer, the company that is now producing these vaccine doses. More on that later, like I mentioned. Moving forward to Hunter Biden, I'm just going to briefly give you an overview. This really will conclude the episode, this story. And then next episode, we're going to get into the 16th Amendment. And I just actually recently realized that the 16th Amendment, when we start discussing the amendments now, they're no longer in the founding era, but the vast past, because now we're moving into territory that is not the founding era per se. It's just going back throughout American history, looking at the, at the amendments. So we're going to talk about 16th Amendment. My One of my least favorite amendments, probably the worst United States Amendment to the Constitution. And then we're going to move into different topics like we normally do in our end of show segments, teach the speech and whatnot. But next episode, tune in for that segment. Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden has a few, has many. Yeah, correction, has many federal investigations pointed at him. Some for his financial dealings, some for his foreign international dealings. Really scary and sketchy stuff. So what is included here? First, let's just talk about the financial dealings. We've already talked about the millions of dollars pulled from, I think it was the Ukraine area, the Russian area, literally millions pulled out from sitting on a board for doing absolutely nothing. I think it was 500,000 per year for several years, something along those lines. Well, also here's some more interesting information. $400,000 he did not report on a 2014 income statement. He was warned about it by a friend in 2017. Come to find out, in 2020, he didn't do anything about it. So another 400,000 pulled from the Ukrainian, from a Ukrainian company, a Ukrainian gas company per se, to be more exact. 2014, he pulled 400,000 from that Ukrainian gas company, did not report it. In 2017, according to a recent report, he was warned about it by a friend, did nothing about it. And now we're just finding out about it a few late, a few years after that. That's not even talking about some recent dealings with a Chinese energy company. The, the list goes on and on. Just when you think it couldn't get worse, it still goes worse and still completely gets worse. So the CEFC is a Chinese uh, energy company. It's a Chinese conglomerate. It's one of the largest energy companies in China. And according to a CNN report, it, quote, aligned itself so closely with the Chinese government that it was often hard to distinguish between the two. Basically, the gist from this, the application is when you deal with this Chinese energy company, you are basically dealing with the Chinese government. Well, here's an interesting report. Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Jim Biden are all related into this, into this report. How so? Hunter Biden tried to list this new office space. And in a recent report, he has now been quoted as stating his new office mates as Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Jim Biden, 
and a member of this Chinese energy company, trying to fill up an office space by putting the Biden Foundation name and this Chinese energy company name on the same space, claiming that his office mates are Joe Biden, Jill Biden, and a board member from this Chinese energy company, which is basically, as CNN notes, a member of the Chinese government. I don't understand how, how this is not the talk of the town, how this is not huge news. It should be. And yet, that is the news you are getting here on The Glorious Rescue. So, never fear because we on The Glorious Rescue are here to gloriously rescue our United States, gloriously rescue us from Hunter Biden, from the Biden family. And so, if you are on board with that message, if you are on board with that rescue, continue to hit that subscribe button, the like button, comment, share, all of that continuously helps us out. And so, we are very grateful for it. Thank you so much for the continued support. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Josiah Everton, and this is The Glorious Rescue.